But right if you now. do need a yeah choreographer, Nate Day is a, is a great choreographer. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, no one reach out to me about choreography <laughs> because that's not actually something I do. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. My name is Matt Landry, and in this 15th episode, I'm here with Nate Day. Today, we're discussing Eight's Creative. Elio's in front of tour. What's going on in the music industry right now? AI in music. Uh, my recent business trip to New York, and uh, much more. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. For those of you who are new to the podcast, this podcast is uh, about the music industry, and it's about its stakeholders, meaning everybody that's in it, that loves it, that surrounds it. Our goal is to shine a light on roles, people, and realities of the music industry that are often forgotten or taken for granted. Whether you're someone that's dreaming about a mu- making a move in the industry, have some songs recorded and don't know what to do with them, or just a listener that wants to learn more, you're at the right place. This week, I invited Nate Day to talk uh, about a recent run with Elio, our business, Eights Creative. Um, Nate is a guitarist, bassist, multi-instrumentalist, piano player. I-, I put here as well, production manager, rig builder, icon, legend, choreographer, Okay. And uh, and banjo player. So, um, TB, like, the banjo, banjo's coming up. Yeah, That's TBD. Not, not quite yet. Don't, yeah. don't ask me yeah. to play banjo gigs quite yet. Not yet. <laughs> so, without further ado, please welcome once again, third time on the podcast, Nate Day. Hey. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's really tough. <laughs> Got a bunch of new samples <laughs> yeah, since I've been in last thing. Wow, yeah. that recorder one, man. There's... Yeah. Oh, not again. Oh, That's wait. what I sound like. All right. When I'm You're playing on tour. Yeah. 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 No, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, it's nice to be back. Chilling. Yep. Um, very very uh, happy to be here again. Hey, thank you for being on. Uh, I so normally we ask these very like ran- like very uh, standard questions. You know, the what's your favorite live experience stuff, the Erica Badu quote situation. But I wanted to mix it up today for you. You don't know what's going on yet. Oh, dang. Um, okay. I wanted to talk about your favorite session musicians. So I'm going to talk oh. about, uh, first of all, maybe maybe a difference, like uh, maybe differences between the recorded and live session musicians. Like mm-hmm. if you have like live players that you like or recorded players that you like. Dang. I know. Big question. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's good. Um, dang, I've always been a really big fan of Mark Letary. Yeah. Uh, the snarky puppy guy. Mm. Um, just, he's a crazy guitarist. And I think what I appreciate about him, I haven't seen him live, but, um, from his studio stuff is just how versatile he is. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's just kind of, for me, like the, uh, kind of like the best version of a studio guitarist you could be in the sense where he can pretty much you know do any genre mm-hmm. any style uh and do it really really technically precise sure um then honor it kind of thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh so he's like i look up to him a lot um as a player and uh oh man other studio guys are just live guys like i'm a huge isaiah sharkey fan hey he plays with john mayer and david ryan harris plays with john mayer like both mm-hmm. of those guys um, when I've seen them play with him are uh, also, I think, great examples of, like, people who know what to bring of their flavor 
yes, to, yeah. to the set. Mm. Um, and it's not, it's just like when you watch them all interact and whenever they've played together, it's like no one's stepping on each other's toes, but you still see them bring what they have to offer to the table, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, what about for um, live? For live. Oh, I guess, the, am I, sorry. I guess like, those are for Yeah, both. for live. Like, yeah, for those live. guys for live those guys stuff. For live. Um, oh, man. Off the top of my head, I'm trying to think. Who else? You're always talking, you're always talking about Mateus Sato. Yeah, Mateus Sato for me is yeah. always a huge. I don't know how much he plays on other people's records. Like, Sure, yeah. I, I actually don't know. Mm-hmm. More know of an IG guest, guy, too. Yeah, I know he's done some like guest features and stuff on, like, I think it was like Polyphia. You okay. played with them. Um, and obviously, he did a lot of the Silk Sonic stuff. Yeah, with Bruno Mars. And if I was just if I was to pick one, I'd be like, if I could be like one person, just one person, it'd be Mark Lechner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. What about? <laughs> this is another big question. I just I would just like kind of just throwing out some questions here. Oh, but favorite you. album of all time? Favorite album of all time? Yeah, or oh, albums rather. Gosh. Top three, whatever, yeah. whatever you'd like. I think. I mean. Like, we were listening to Voodoo yeah. yesterday, mm-hmm. and that for me is still, like, just front to back, one of my favorite albums of all time. Right. Like I'll, I'll never get tired of that record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the first 1975's self-titled album, yeah. that one, uh, that was just really pivotal for me. And I, th- I think for a lot of people our age, it's like, it, we would have been, like, 16, 17, 18, mm. or whatever when that album came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, just the blend of what they did on that record from, like, mixing, you know, traditional rock band with synth pop, with indie pop. Like, it kind of created indie pop as we kind of know it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, And also just all the tracks on that record are killing. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, I, like, Thriller for me, like, again, <laughs> like. Sure, I know yeah, these another are like, front to back. Yeah, like, another front to back one yeah. where, like, that's one record where I will never get tired of listening to it because it. It just blows me away yeah. how well it held up over time. Mm-hmm. Just from yeah, yeah, like sure. songwriting, production, mm-hmm. groove, arrangements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like every single front, it it's just like it's crazy to listen to it and think, like, <laughs> okay, they did this in like the eighties. You know, like yeah, 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 it yeah. sounds so good. Yeah. Um yeah. still put it on today. Like, oh my gosh. Got another one? K- yeah, Casey's uh Golden Hour album. Golden, yeah. I gotta be honest, that's another one for me that like that's always held up. Pa- a big uh, one, paper yeah. kites on the corner where you live too. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. For yeah. me, I feel like that's, that's a your, that's your not fall a lot of people. Album? Yeah, yeah, is that yeah. What you're saying yeah, 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 that's like a big like yeah. October, November. For okay, me. I sure. kind of have favorite albums by season. So like the yeah, KC yeah. Golden Hour for me is a big like springtime, summertime. Yeah, sure. Album. When I get into the winter, like October, November, it's like Bonnie Vare. Oh yeah, that paper kites on wow. the corner where you live record. <laughs> James Taylor, Whoa. greatest hits, volume one. Yeah, that for that's me, a great November, album. November for me, yeah, yeah, is yeah. James Taylor's greatest hits yeah. record. Little so. tea, pumpkin spice vibe. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I used to go sit at the coffee culture around the corner for me and <laughs> listen to that album while I studied in school. Wow, this is a deep cut. I don't know if this is gonna make the pod. But no, it is gonna make the pod. <laughs> Do you have a favorite? Cut it out, but... <laughs> Do you have a favorite song on that on that greatest uh, greatest hits? Uh... Oh my gosh. Um, Fire and Rain for me is just absolute like that just emotionally does something to me every every time. Um, uh, <laughs> what's the country road? Oh my gosh, banger! Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I love that record so much. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. But fire awesome. and rain. Oh yeah. Like, oh yes. Yeah. Very very great track. Yeah. Anyway. Oh cool. We're here to uh, talk about a couple <laughs> things today. Uh, it's sort of a, like a last minute type of vibe, but it's it's great. We love being here. We love talking. Um, we want to talk a little bit more about Eights because Eights company that Nate and I run, where we're at right now, headquarters, Eight Space, whatever we want to call it. Um, people have been asking a lot about it in the sense of like, okay, what do we do? What are we doing? What's the podcast? How does it all tie in together? Yeah. And what are we offering too? Um, recently, we went through like a little like a website overhaul. Yeah. We've been thinking a lot about about it since we came off tour, which we're going to talk about in a second as well. Um, but yeah, how do you want to start this off? Just sort of like general kind of re-intro to eights, what we're doing. And yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think too, for us, like we've been figuring out also what it is. I think. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a bit of, like, where we fit, like, where we're trying to fit in. Yes. You know? And um, I think probably the easiest way to put it is, like, you know, what we do is basically a musical direction and production company. Yes. And um, the the goal for us is to step in for artists and, you know, their teams and bridge the gap between their live music, or sorry, their studio music to taking it to the stage and playing it live. Yes. And yeah. so there's a bunch of different roles in the industry that help facilitate that. Mm-hmm. So there's like musical directors, there's tour managers, there's tour directors, there's production managers, there's musicians. front of house people, the musicians. Yeah. Um, Some management. And your monitor well. mixers. Like, sure, yeah, even, monitor mixers, know. yeah. Um, and I'm sure I missed a couple other ones. Oh, my gosh, but, yeah. Stage um, managing. Yeah. Um, Backline techs, all that stuff. Playback, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so and like playback is running backing tracks for those yes. who aren't familiar. And um and and all these roles, depending on the size of the artist, what type of shows they're doing, are they on tour, are they just doing one off shows, are they doing festival, like those those roles might look a little bit different or what mm-hmm. what's needed yeah. might look different. Um, but what we try to do is eights, if it's fair to say, is like we basically try to step in and help oversee the coordination of all those pieces for the artist. So yes. It's like, yeah. Right now, that looks like us wearing a lot of those hats ourselves. Mm-hmm. But in other times, it looks like us just facilitating and bringing the team together to be like, okay, what do you need to take your stuff and do it live? And if that means um, running running in-ears, if that means running backing tracks, if that means putting a band together and yeah. directing the band, if that means... Facilitating you know, a tour, um, yeah. production and managing, even like on stage, getting the stage ready, setting up, tearing down, driving the van. There's so many things. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that's not necessarily like driving a van is not like on our website, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, like yeah. it's like it's definitely like a part of the some of the touring that we've been doing in the past um, that we just got out of as well. Yeah. And it's just like basically what AIDS is right now is you got some music. Let's bring it to the stage yeah. and in whatever capacity where we're here to help. Um, but like, as you said, right now it's, we're wearing a lot of different hats, but it won't always necessarily be that way. And yeah. that's not, that's not our intention, but as budgets are slim and as ours, a lot of artists that we're working with right now are just starting out. We got to wear a lot of these hats. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And yeah. I think that like, like I said, it, it it'll, and I'm sure other people who've worked in, 
this area of the industry know it scales so much and what's needed and what type of hats you wear. Yeah. And the changes. amount of people on your team as well. Yeah. 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 And, um, and so really I think it's like, we're, we want to help the artists produce their show and, yeah. and run the show. And, um, right now it is a little bit of like, uh, we form, <laughs> we, we change our form and shape shift to what's needed. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. But, uh, probably the biggest areas that we help out on right now is like you do playback and backing tracks. Yes. Yeah. And, um, for those who aren't familiar, it's like backing tracks of the like stuff that's not being played on stage. Yes. But um, you hear the, that you hear anyway. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the synths that are in the background or the background vocals, yes, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, for the artist, that's having that, but also usually having a click track to play along to. Yeah. In the ears and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We also offer self monitoring as well with yeah. a bunch of uh, racks that we have as well. Um, yeah. Here I have all of our all of our um, kind of subsections. So we got the musical directing subsection, which is band assembly and preparation, mm-hmm. live arranging, rehearsal facilitation at this space here that we got, um, and live in studio performing as well. So it's just basically that's like one area of of eights, which yeah. one of the quarters if we're talking visually, uh, which we we've deemed the top left corner. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't know that, but nice. uh, our, lo- our logo is like a little circle, like in four quadrants. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. the musical direction and sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. corner yeah. one. Yeah, corner one. Yeah. So mm-hmm. basically, putting your band together, preparing orange. the band. Sorry, the orange corner. Yeah, the orange corner. Yes. Yeah. yeah preparing the band, a rehearsing with the band, uh, whether we're part of that band or we're not part of that band, we're doing that. Yeah. Um, getting all the songs together. A set list, uh, pacing, whatever, whatever works. Yeah. Arranging, um, arranging, like, yes, for yeah, live for yeah. live. Um, and then I'll let you speak more to this, but the production quadrant, which which would be the the blue side of things. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, and so from that angle, like the more production management services yes. would include things like pulling the equipment together. Yeah. Um, the stuff that's like not playing the music. What's all the gear that's needed to yes. make the show happen? Yeah. So. Crew sourcing, yeah, got playback as well in there. Yeah, playback fits into there. Um, you know, we assemble rigs in terms of like, do you need an in-ear monitor, like stuff to run your in-ear monitors on? Do you need a playback rack, like the interfaces to run those? Yeah. Um, what's the budget? Um, how does that fit in? Do we need to buy stuff? Do we need to rent stuff? Yeah. yeah. Um, and like you said, to crew sourcing, like if if we, you know, as two people, obviously we can't do everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um. So some shows, it's like, do we need to bring someone on the road with us to do front of house? Do we need to hire someone at the venues? Mm-hmm. Do we need to advance the show? Like, yeah, before yeah, we yeah. get to the show, yes. like what, do, what does the venue have technically? Yeah. Um, Photographer, like, the whole roster of your team could be could be kind of facilitated by AIDS as well. So backline, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like, uh, like, tech on stage, uh, photographers as well, yeah. monitor person. Uh, lighting, visuals, LED screens, videographer, yeah. whatever, whatever. And even if we don't do that, like it's pulling the team together. To yes, do that. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's got yeah, crew sourcing to do that stuff. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I'm not an LD. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I, the one I, thing I want to learn how to play banjo. Yeah, 
I don't. I think LD is a little bit out of my scope. Yeah, but right if you now. do need a yeah choreographer, Nate Day is uh, <laughs> is a great choreographer. No, I didn't. I, no one reach out to me about choreography <laughs> because that's not actually something I do. Yeah. I love dancing. You are I a great dancer. The art of dance. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, but I would love to. I would love to learn more properly, like more technically about dance to like sure do choreo one day. That would be yeah, yeah, so yeah. like that's like a a dream yeah. moment. Sure, yeah. But I'm not. Yeah. Product, so please don't reach out to me. For <laughs> well, the... yeah, hit him up. Um, the third the third one would be more yeah. logistic stuff, so tour directing, yeah. tech advancing, as we mentioned before as well, yeah. carnet prep, and budget consulting. You want to talk about more about the carnet? Yeah. that's a very important part of, as well about touring internationally. Yeah. So well, I was going to say, like, I guess just to jump back up to the big picture. Yes. So these three quadrants, like the way they relate to each other, is there's the playing the music and the arranging of the music and what what do the songs sound like. Yes. And that'd be more the musical directing camp. Mm-hmm. Production management's like, okay, what gear do we need? What's the equipment looking like? What's it costing us? All those things. Yes. And that's more the production management side of things. And then the tour management is the like more logistics. logistics. Yeah. Where are we staying? How yeah. long is it taking us to get from point A to point B? Yes. How much time do we have? What's our schedule? Like yeah. all the things that are a bit more yeah. related to, yeah, yeah, logistics and scheduling. Yeah, yeah. And so um, both Matt and I have a little bit of experience. That actually, you have more experience in it from the francophone industry. Yes. You yeah, did yeah, that yeah. for a while. Yes. Right? Well, even as an agent as well. Yeah. And just right. like a like a. a Assistant manager as well in that in that thing, and also like just bootstrapping in the in the French scene. You do so much like just like tour logistics and mm-hmm. uh, driving the van would would get into this <laughs> would get into the logistics part of this. Um, but yeah, like budget consulting for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, and tech advancing. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say when it comes to the international stuff. So being based out of Toronto, yeah. For those who are maybe listening in the U.S. or haven't done a lot of international traveling, touring out of Canada is pretty tough. Like it's not, it's not super easy to tour in the U S as a, like coming from Canada. Yeah. And, um, it's just because like the, of the visas needed and like mm-hmm. that, what you're saying, carnets. So the carnets are like, um, basically a, a travel manifest for the equipment you're touring with. Yes. And so, um, usually it's not needed until you're at the size where you have a whole truckload of gear coming into the country. And they're like, what do you, what are you bringing into the country? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what a carnet allows you to do is basically list everything out, list all the serial numbers, list the value of the goods coming in. Everything's numbered too. Yeah, everything's numbered. And then they inspect it once. And then a border agent will sign off on it. And basically that's your passport for that gear for the whole year. And so it lasts yeah. you a year. And then every time you travel in and out of the country with that equipment, they just, you know, sign off on it. They might check to make sure that the numbers of items that you're bringing in matches what's coming in and out, but um, it just makes the process a lot smoother when it's oh done properly. Um, and it's a bit of an added cost from the artist side of things, but once you get to that size where you're traveling with a, a significant amount of equipment, it's way worth it, like way more worth it than trying to like finesse your way at the border and try to like answer questions about what you're doing down there. And so it's mm-hmm. like once you you can kind of get that down, plus make sure your visa stuff is together and down pat. Usually, um, I know... For a lot of artists, their management takes care of a lot of the visa stuff. That's yeah. an area we, we help with and we mm-hmm. can help facilitate, especially the carnet stuff. Yeah. Um, but And w- from our experience in the past, like when when we go up to these booths to like drive pa- like through the border of, um, in the States, they're like, oh, you got a carnet? Oh, okay. Well, 
you know what you're doing. They like they almost like trust yeah. us more. And they're like, oh my gosh, okay, this is great. Sometimes they don't know what a carnet is, and you've had to also instruct them yeah. to how to sign off uh, on carnets and stuff, which is yeah. uh, funny, kind of humorous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> no, but that's yeah. the stuff that makes it all easier. And I think yeah, just coming back to then, what we try to do is those. We'll get to the fourth quadrant in a second, but those yeah. three quadrants, like helping oversee each of those areas and yeah, bringing yeah, yeah. in people where needed totally. or taking over responsibilities where needed. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think getting back to maybe a bit of the mission of what we're trying to do is like, I'd say even post COVID it's gotten even more this way, but things being put back on the artist to have to do themselves independently yeah. or with their managers and um, budget friendly. Yeah. 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 And I think as we've moved into the day and age where, everything is pretty much facilitated online and um, we're living a little bit in the matrix in terms of like living through Instagram and TikTok and um, that being the primary source of connection for artists to their fans. Yeah. Um, and label deals getting a little bit trickier to, to get and the kind of value propositions for labels. It's like everything's getting a little bit tougher to make that jump. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. So, so much is falling back down on the artist in terms of like, you kind of already have to have a following. You have to have marketing strategy. You have to have yep. management. Usually you have to be able to pull a crowd at shows mm-hmm. before you can even think about getting signed or going after those things. Yeah. So you got to think about all that, but you also got to think about all like this live production part. So yeah. we're there to basically manage all of this live production part while yeah. you do other things. You, uh, you know, do your interviews, yeah. do your run social your media, run your bit. Yeah. Run yeah. your business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Run your business while we handle the rest. That's kind of like a, in one sentence. That's, that's, yeah. that's a good. And it kind of, we talked about this a little bit in the first episode we did together, but mm-hmm. that idea of even just outside of music, a lot of artists nowadays, it's like, it's just becoming more required to become more entrepreneurial and yes, and know how to run at least a little bit of your business yeah, um, yeah, yeah, or at least know how to navigate it with your managers um, mm-hmm. and have those conversations. And so our, our job and our goal is to like step in and help you manage that the live side of things, because it's a whole other host of technicalities and complexity and um if we can step in and help people make that smoother especially when it comes to i think in the in recent years there's been some changing tech and and different ways of running things and the oh my gosh it's getting easier it's getting easier in a lot of ways it's getting easier in a lot of ways but it's also getting more complicated just from a knowledge point of view yeah the, the the experience that you get on the road is very uh valuable now mm-hmm. uh, more than ever because there's a lot of so, so many complexities now, but tech is getting easier. Yeah. Um, the last quadrant, though. Yes, exactly. Is uh, the education side of of mm-hmm. of, of AIDS, which is uh, what we're doing right now, basically, which is Yo. the uh, Cloud Machine Podcast, uh, which is the goal is to create a community, basically, yeah. it's to create a community of people um, that are professionals in the music in in the creative industries. Uh, Mostly relating to music, but not only limited to that. Um, so we have the Cloud Machine podcast. We have also, we offer emerging artist consulting um, mm-hmm. for emerging artists that want to know, learn more about just the music industry, but also the live um, yeah. kind of production aspect of, of, uh, of the music industry. And lastly, but not least, uh, public speaking and um, just like guest lecturing too, which we haven't done a lot of yet. No, but, no. Uh, but yeah, giving workshops 
Yeah. I've done a bunch of those. Yeah. Some clinics. I love those. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think that's something we both really value is like help, you know, helping teach people. Yeah. Help. And just, even if it's not us doing it, just facilitating learning and education, like both of us really valued our time at TMU and our yeah. program and kind of the mentorship we got there. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Exactly. Um, I think building a bit of a community around what we're doing mm-hmm. or trying to do. Yeah. Especially in Toronto. Like, I mean, it, it'll expand beyond that, but I know, right, you know, we're based in Toronto and yeah, there's a, a scene kind of emerging mm-hmm. here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's a big value, I think, of ours. What, can I ask you what the goal is for eights? I know this is sort of yeah, like yeah. a two answer thing, but um, yeah. what's your, what's your, what's your goal? What's like, what's your dream? Yeah. I, well, okay. I'll, I'll give an answer and then I'm curious what you want. What sure. You yeah, to yeah, say yeah, too. yeah. Yeah. And you're going to be like, that's, we're going to like start fighting on the yeah, podcast. Yeah. And it's that's like, whack. <laughs> that's yeah. not what we're doing. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. that's not my goal. No, um, no I, I, we've talked about it a little bit. And mm-hmm. I think, um, I think we've looked at companies who are doing similar things in other countries. Yes. Either in the UK or in the US. Yep. Um, and we felt like, I don't know, I, I would say the goal is to build this up into uh, tour directing and, um, musical direction company that um you know we can build a community of people who do do this stuff and um you know work with artists who are growing and mm. who have grown and um get their show up and on the road um, yeah, yeah yeah and start and scale it to a point where it's not just the two of us doing it and we have bigger space we have more resources we have uh more talent around us mm. and um so I think the goal is to basically try to become that. Is that too egotistical to say? To try to like become that in Toronto? You know no, I mean? no, like no. Basically... No, I think I think it's important to say because there's a lack of of of, of facilitation of live production in Toronto. Yeah, like there's That's not what... necessarily. There's a lot of people doing it. Yeah, a lot of talented individuals are uh, wearing hats in yeah. that industry, but it's it's I, I we believe. And our mission is basically that, is to create a community, create a service mm-hmm. uh, that allows artists to tour um, properly, yeah. efficiently, more budget-friendly. Yeah. But while kind of ser- like offering it all in one, like an all-in-one package kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And, it, and I think to be clear, too, it's not, about, it's not about competition or competing with other people doing this because I think we know people, it's like, we know a bunch of people doing this, but it's about the facilitation of us all being on the same page and trying to yes, get more yeah. people yeah, like, yeah, talking yeah. and connecting and sharing resources because mm-hmm. um, ultimately that is, I think, what makes a successful scene, what totally. makes a successful uh, community of people mm-hmm. doing this. So, um, yeah. Does that sound, That's a great, that, yeah, no, it's great. Okay, it's cool. great. I was going to say, I, Basically, that's my answer as well. Cool. Um, but also, also to me, <laughs> uh, but also it's to it's also to make it to make for me the the education quarter is yeah. very important too in the sense that like making it making information about the music industry way more accessible than it is. Yeah. Um, because there's so much stuff that's gate te- gate gate kept all the time about it. Yeah. Uh, artists don't know where to go. Artists don't know what who to speak to. Uh, and yes, it can be a challenge, in, challenging industry because you need you really need to get in the door. You need to get a foot in the door most of the time. Yeah. But um, 
people don't know which door to knock on, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think, too, like, I mean, the landscape also is changing so fast all the time. Yes. That it's like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think we've talked, we talked about this with Joey, too. Um, but just, I think, like, our generation and, like, the community that around us, too, the people we talk to, is it's like, we don't want it to be about competition. We don't, like, we want it to be about helping each other learn and grow and also bringing yeah. younger people up. And I know we have a lot of ideas, like, just between us that, about how to, like, do that eventually but yeah yeah it's like i think i'd love to see younger people come up and learn like learn how to run playback like yeah, yeah learn yeah. how to musical drive, or like for younger artists to like know what resources like nor know what resources to go to know which places to um connect to learn about yeah it's even like some of the, it's it's like sounds nerdy but stuff around like rights and copyright mm. and like some of the like legal stuff it's like there's so much to learn yeah yeah in yeah. that area it's yeah. like and like we st- we have to learn so much it's not even about that oh yeah like it's it's not like it's not like oh we know everything it's just yeah. like let's do it together yeah well that's, yeah. I think that's part of it too it's yeah. like i want to like focus on the education side of things too because i'm trying to learn like, <laughs> yeah, i'm yeah, not yeah. sure you know oh yeah for so sure and i think that's what time. is so great about like what you're doing here is like you're connecting with people who have Tons of information and experience oh my to share, right? Yeah. And I, you probably have some people lined up that are like, I'm kind of excited to see who you're going to bring on the next little bit. Not to spoil it. You don't have to share. Yeah. No, I got I some I got some cool brain, people yeah. co- coming on. Um, TBA. To be announced on that. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. We're back. Cloud Machine Podcast. Nate Day. We're here talking about uh, dreams for eights. Eights Creative, our, our, uh, our live production, musical directing company out of Toronto. Um, and the kind of producer of the Cloud Machine podcast. I wanted to talk to you about the recent tour that we just came off of. Um, Elio's Inferno Tour. Shout out Elio. Shout out Charlotte. Shout out everybody involved. Um <laughs> Thoughts on that? Thoughts? Uh, I, I, I mean, I have a lot of I have a lot of, have a lot of questions. I cool. wanted to go a little bit of step by step because here we're here to talk about AIDS today and just the general music industry. Yeah. yeah. Um. So where where does AIDS? What is AIDS for Elio? Yeah. And what does that look like for an artist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good question. And well, first of all, thanks to everybody for listening through our little pitch. Yes. Too. I know that was like a bit of a like a maybe a long explanation <laughs> of what we do, but I, I think it was good for us to go over, even just for ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be exactly, honest, that yeah. was a good summary for me, too, to be yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah. this is what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, I mean, Elio was our first uh, run at doing what we now put under the umbrella of eights for yeah. an artist. Yes, yeah. And that was our first time doing it without really knowing that's what we were doing at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, <laughs> really uh, not. Yeah, yeah. But, um yeah, I mean, for her, like, and like on this tour, for example, um, that's what we did. Was uh, we stepped in, and um, there's more players involved now. Obviously, like, there's a bit of a team now mm-hmm. uh, that we're working with. Um, but for her, we um, help facilitate all the production um, and monitoring, like in-year monitoring. Um, we hire front of house and tour manager usually to help. Um, on our very first tour with with her. Um, her managers, Twiggy and Sam, were kind of splitting the TM duties between us. They, you know, yeah. Twiggy kind of oversaw it, 
in terms yes. of the logistics and then mm-hmm. me and you kind of on the road. And there's a manager at every show kind of thing yeah. as well. Yeah. So there was like a bit of a, like a, like a fourth person on the road with us to just kind of handle that stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this time around, uh, we had uh, Mitch on the West Coast. Mitchell Graham, yeah, and, and Joey then, Macias on the yeah. East Coast. Great yeah. guys. Yeah, great, great guys. And they, they stepped in as the front of house and tour managers uh, for these runs. And yeah. then that allowed Matt and I to focus on performing and um, stage tech, um, backline, yeah. you know, and we're setting up all the other equipment. Yeah. And, um, playback. Playback, yeah. So Matt runs playback for LEO yeah. as well as drums. Yes, yeah. Um, it, it also allows us to um, concentrate a lot on the prep as well. Yeah, there's preparing. a lot of technical prep yeah. that goes in. Rig building. Yeah, so this well, time around too, like, you know, we cleaned up the in-ear monitor rigs. We cleaned up some of the backing track uh, playback rigs um, and just kind of rewired them, rehoused them so that they're ready to fly and ready to go on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's like kind of an ever-changing thing for artists as they grow and as their needs change and as songs that they're playing live yeah, changes yeah. or the arrangements change, you know. Sometimes you got to pick a banjo up. Sometimes you got to play banjo. TBA. I know, we keep joking yeah. about that. But that I seriously do want to play banjo, <laughs> and as much pushback as I'll get on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's great. No, I think it'd be great. I think that is, it's a good example, too, of the kind of how the different pieces impact each other. Because mm. it's like all the stuff on the musical and arrangement side of things impact what technical oh equipment Oh, my gosh, yes. And then sometimes the limitations technically will influence what we need to do in terms of arrangement. It's oh, like, yeah. okay, like... Well, we don't maybe have the budget to get all this gear right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, yeah. So, what can we do on the musical side of things to maybe pare down in terms of what we're bringing with us or how the song's going to sound? Yeah. Um. And it, yeah, yeah. yeah they I all, think each thing kind of impacts it. I think a big pet peeve of mine in the music industry is when a venue asks for a writer, mm-hmm. but we haven't even gotten in rehearsal yet. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, I don't yeah. know. I don't even know what my tech needs are right now because we haven't even rehearsed. Yeah. Now, right. I don't know if this is just a scheduling thing on, on the artist end. Like, should yeah. we should we send it before? Should we send it after? That's a whole thing. But it's just a, it's just, it's, I'm not even, it's, I'm not a, it's not a necessarily a pet peeve at anybody. It's just that I know it, it's sort of how it it's is. It's a tough thing to balance. Yeah, it's a tough thing to balance yeah. because it's sort of like a chicken or the egg thing where it's like, okay. Yeah. Do we should should we know what our tech writer looks like? All of our inputs before we get into rehearsal. Does that yeah. limit us? Or I don't know. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's something I wanted to bring up. Yeah, and I think too, like what we've kind of started to do is we'll do like a first pass. Yeah. Of like, almost like talking out what's going to be needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then leaving room for changes, like, you know, so for those who care, like we run an X thirty two. Yeah. Plus a DL sixteen snake for in ears, and just basically what that means is that sets up how many channels we can have running to our in ear monitors, so that that's what we're hearing, and then we also send those same signals to the person mixing it at the venue, and um, independent from each other. Yeah, and so then what? But what? Let's say that setup allows us to do is we have thirty two channels of instruments that can come in, but we only use up let's say twenty eight. So if we get into rehearsal and Charlotte says, oh, I really want to play an acoustic guitar on this song. Like, okay, we don't have an input for that, but we have the space for it. Yes. And if we need to make that change closer to, you mm-hmm. know, like they like kind of leave room for the creativity of what needs to happen in rehearsal. Yeah. And, and you're more limited when you don't have necessarily a front of house person that you're bringing on with you. 
Like if it's yeah. like if it's like oh like uh, this this individual is doing sound at the at the at the gig, then you kind of want to really stick almost to your to your tech writer at the gig. Yeah. But if you have more flexibility and stuff. Yeah. Um, and part of our job too is if there are changes is to advance with the venue. Yes. And like yeah. coming down the pipeline to be like, hey guys, okay, we sent you this. Here's the update. Yeah. Can yeah. we adjust this? Do you guys have the, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you have the capability of whatever it is, like having more channels or having the extra yeah. DI boxes or whatever it is yeah, yeah, yeah. that's needed? Do you want to talk about what advancing is just in yeah. general, what what that means? Yeah. I mean, um, advancing in general is just basically looking ahead before the show and talking out what's going to be needed and making sure everybody is on the same page so that when we show up on the day of, Mm-hmm. We know what equipment the venue has. We yeah. know um, the schedule in advance because certain venues will have, um, let's say, time restrictions. Like, okay, we well, have sound cut off at 11 p.m. or we have, you know, we have to be quiet at 12 p.m. So it's like, okay, the set time has to adjust or whatever. And so we'll like spec out the the schedule for the day. Um, tech what, needs. Yeah, tech needs. We tell them what we're bringing to the venue. We ask what they have, and if they don't have what we need, maybe we need to bring it, or maybe we need to ask somebody to rent it. So we'll kind of go through venue by venue. Yeah, this um, is a, this is with advance. every venue. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and so that's on the technical side of things. So we'll do like the tech advancing. Yeah, that's more on the production side. Then there's also like hospitality advancing, um, and so usually a tour manager will kind of handle that things. In our case, it's kind of like we all kind of just share the advancing together. Yeah. Um, but the hospitality, you know, certain venues will have a cert, uh, an allotted hospitality budget mm-hmm. and it might be okay. What, you know, can a runner go out and get food for the green rooms? Cause we might be showing up like right at, you know, right at setup time and someone might not have a chance to go get dinner or food or whatever it is. Yeah. And that, that, that kind of stuff changes, especially at our size, just changes night to night. Yeah. Like yeah every yeah. venue is going to look a little bit different, but. Um, or allergies, you know, yeah, like yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, allergies, yeah. like anything. It's just basically showers. Is there yeah. showers at the venue? Is there pa- private bathrooms, whatever? Because especially yeah. if you're traveling with the crew and we want to know which venues have kind of more like rest stop needs for us if you're on a bus. Yeah, yeah. Because you show yeah. up and we know that there's a handful of showers that the crew can use. Or if there's not going to be that at the venue, then we have to be like, hey, guys, like, y'all going to have to smell, you know, for a little while. No, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you know what I mean? No, no, or something yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. General advancing stuff is just communication between the artist camp yeah. and just the venue. But it happens normally months in advance and for every venue. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah. So that's that's what advancing is. Yeah. And, basically. Yeah. And we, I mean, we help with that yes. a lot and oversee that. Yeah. More, I'd say we, I feel like we've been doing that more on the technical side. Of yes. Things. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Because artists, artists, sometimes their management likes to handle hospitality stuff like especially yeah. if we're kind of brought in third party yeah yeah, um, yeah for and, sure you know so yeah. back to the elio's inferno tour for sure mm-hmm. um is just like major changes and what we what did we upgrade and what were we looking oh, yeah. to do from let's say the first tour which is the read the room tour 2022 true to the inferno tour which is about a year ago uh to like this 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 past week crazy yeah um yeah i mean this tour uh, was, from a technical standpoint, pretty similar yeah. to last tour, which made it nice for us in the sense where we were very familiar with the equipment we were taking with us, um, kind of travel requirements, um, 
what was needed to fly with the equipment that we were taking with us. Mm-hmm. Um, this time around, um, we just streamlined the production a little bit more. So we housed things in flyable cases this time. Um, not yes. that they weren't in flyable cases last time, but it was <laughs> just, just like we rented more things last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where this time around we had um, all our own in-ear equipment that we put in fly racks. Um, kind of pulled those together. Um, we had a light with us this time, an LED light, mm-hmm. which is fun to have. So um, Con- Connor made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who Connor, who joined us on merch. Yes, um, he, yes. He did yeah. our merch. He yeah. also designed lights. Yes. Did the um, same for Charlie as well. Yeah, so he designed a neon light for Elio um, yeah. that kind of hung behind us on stage, which yeah. is great. Um, so that was new for uh, tech side of things as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, we added some new songs too. So yeah. some of the tracks changed and some of the transitions changed. Pacing, different yep. set list, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also we, uh, this time around we did, we had a, TM in front of house. Yeah. Which was Mitch and Joey. And then we also had Becca with us. So yes. We had a little bit more of a crew with us. It was great. This time. Yeah. Um, and venue sizes were a little different as well. We were yeah. playing a little bit bigger venues in a couple spots, mm-hmm. um, which was great. Yeah. Um, Better amenities as well in, in these bigger venues. Um, yeah. Nicer hotels. <laughs> yeah. Uh, than last time for sure. That's a little uh, inside all, yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah. We don't need to talk about it this How time. It yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, it's just like kind of just continued to build and upgrade on on some of the things that were happening last year. And it's yeah. a good feeling. It's great. Yeah. And as artists grow, like I think that's one thing I'm excited to do together is like grow with some artists where we can yes, help yeah. them scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And scale the production in a streamlined way. Because, you know, first tour is usually like, you're just taking the bare necessities and trying to like keep it as simple as possible. And then as you kind of go and add a few more people and budgets start to scale a bit, you can add some nicer gear. You can put more people on like, you know, next tour, I'm like, I want to get Charlotte on the wireless guitar. You know, I want to get like some of these little things that will just make the show a little bit smoother. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, And uh, we get a little more lights next time, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe travel with someone who does light design. Yeah, yeah. um, So... Yeah, but otherwise, though, this tour stayed pretty familiar to us, which I wasn't complaining about because I think it gave us a shot to kind of do things again without feeling like we were doing it for the first time. Yeah. What was your favorite show, City? I loved New York. Ah, yeah. Uh, That was our biggest one. Mm -hmm. And I loved all, I mean, I loved all the shows, but that one I think I've said to people stuck out the most because that was our biggest one. And almost 600? Yeah, 600. It was 600, yeah. yeah. It, um, what was the, what was the venue called? Again. Brooklyn Made. Brooklyn Made, right, right, yeah. right. Um, great venue. Yeah, venue was great. Crowd was amazing. Green Room. Green Room was stupid. <laughs> was hilarious. It was so amazing. Um, you can explain it better than me. Well, it was like it, a, yeah. It was apartment, a, basically. Yeah, it was just like a, like a three floor apartment. Yeah. On top of the venue, and it was like this really nice, well lit. A lot of windows. Mm-hmm. They had like a vinyl setup. They had a kitchen. They're really nice. They had like two living rooms situation. A really nice bathroom. Uh, it was like a wild thing. And then you you went up the stairs, and there was like a little like den for people to sleep. And then and then on top of the of the apartment, there was like a two tier, um, kind of outdoor patio space. 
uh, with pool. Like it was really wild. It 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 felt it felt like a, an apartment. It felt like a house. Like it felt like a home. But there were no, there weren't really any like bedrooms. So it was really just a green room, um, and it was just yeah. wild. Yeah, great view of New York too. It was it's really a newer a, venue, right? It's yes, a yeah. Venue, yeah. We were only the fourth show there. Whoa. Yeah. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So okay. pretty wild. But New York for you? Yeah, and I also yeah. had some fam, like my cousin. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out Nick Sider. He's a fantastic, hyper realistic painter. Oh my gosh, y'all got to check this out. Yeah, I got it. Sorry, I had to get a shout out. No, no, pl- yeah, but please. yeah, he came to the show and yeah. brought some friends, and uh, that was just nice to see some family and later on the road, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, mine was New York as well. Yeah, yeah, cool. just I love that city. We'll talk about it more later. Okay, okay. <laughs> we're back uh, to the third third topic of the club she podcast, Nate Day. Um, modern music industry stuff that's been going on. We talk a lot about this, and I just wanted to talk to you generally just about the yeah. modern music industry, stuff that's going on, some very recent development in the uh, music industry that you've kind of been hyped about, not in a not in oh, an yeah. exciting way, but just been like, what is happening? Yeah, I've been I've been deep in the like, what's going on with like music AI? Yes, yeah. AI stuff. Yeah, talk to us about this. <laughs> so. So the recent twenty one and Drake, is that oh um well yeah this is a big trend like last week yes I guess when this <laughs> podcast comes out it'll be like two weeks ago yeah but like the AI Drake songs that were like going viral on yeah, TikTok crazy and, um the uh Travis Scott and yeah, Baby yeah. Keem song mm-hmm. and people using like the Ariana Grande voices yeah, to, like, yeah. sing over like Harry Styles songs or I think that's what it was or she was like. Uh, singing Passion Fruit by Drake, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, then I also saw that Universal had came out really fast and like wrote a big letter about um, those songs not being allowed on streaming platforms and DSPs. Yeah. Um, and they did get taken down mm-hmm. um, from like Spotify and Apple Music, but yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on all this stuff? So where, where, yeah. like, like what? So. I will say probably by the time people are listening to this, there'll probably be another change. Like it'll like something else will probably have happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like even within a week from yeah, now. Sure. So I don't know what's going to be current or not. Even mm-hmm. when I'm talking about it. No, no, please. But um, I think I have like a lot of thoughts on this. But <laughs> I just I think we're entering a really weird time, mm-hmm. not just in music, but in the arts. And the intersection of arts and tech in general. Yeah, sure. When it comes to um, just, like, what is capable of mm-hmm. software that's coming out and of um, large language models, I think they're called. Sure. And um, Property, for me, as well. Property rights and yeah, stuff. Yeah, rights. Yeah. And um, basically what we're seeing is, like, the last year or so of developments in tech starting to converge into competitive um, services. I don't even know if you call them services, but just like capabilities of these programs. Um, Because it was like you had in one area, you had the like the the large language models Mm -hmm. and um, doing like chat GPT stuff and information processing and like creation. Yeah. And then you had like the kind of creative generation out of that, of the ability to create 
or be ability to like write an essay for somebody yeah, or yeah, write yeah. A, like this. So there's like that area of things. And there's like the visual stuff going on mm -hmm. in terms of being able to generate new visual content and computer generated content. Yep. And then you have stuff going on and that just for like, let's say image based content. Mm -hmm. Then you have like the video based content in terms of like capabilities now of editing AI software that can do like multi-cam editing. I forget what the, those are. I, forget what those I was, are I was, I was checking it out this morning. Yeah. What's that one called? Um, something pod. Oh yeah. 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 Anyway, go Wait, check Jane, that out. Look that up. For, no. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No. <laughs> okay. Sorry. We can cut that. Um, but <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Bad joke. Um, but just like what's going on in terms of the video and CGI world. Yeah. Both with um, facial manipulation in, in film and TV and the ability to map uh, mouth movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you're seeing the convergence of all these different things to now create new content from scratch that is no longer just for the sake of like trying it out for fun. It's like it's now competitive. Yes. And that's where I think it's in challenging the last, like, humans four, yeah. five weeks, couple months, that's where we're seeing it start to become disruptive. Yeah. Because so, yeah. now it's now you're seeing the convergence of different discoveries in tech that are now actionable and can create content from scratch that's good. Right. Right. And that's what becomes economically disruptive. And that's what I've been interested in with the when I was tracking with all the stuff going on with the Drake songs. Is it's like, oh, I can make a song that sounds like Drake. Mm -hmm. It's like, cool. No, but now I can make a song that I actually prefer listening to than actual Drake songs. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. where it's like, oh, dang. Okay, this is going to get disruptive. Yes. For, like, I think over the last year, it's like, oh, it's interesting to see developments in tech and in science and yeah, all yeah, these yeah. things. And it's cool. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't think people see the implications of it or the consequences of it, or maybe the danger of it, until it has real-life yeah, implications. Yeah. And I think what we're going to start seeing now is the economic implications. Like, as soon as right now. Yeah, like yeah. That's what we're yeah. seeing right now. Totally. And what you're saying about rights as well is, like, are we going to start to see artists kind of embrace what we're seeing? Like, I just sent you that article of Grimes saying that, mm -hmm. I think she was saying, like, Go ahead and use my voice. Like, well, like I'll split the royalties like I would another songwriter. Sure. Right. Sure. And then, are you going to see? It's like who's like I just am curious what's going to happen because mm -hmm. you're going to have artists take that approach. You're going to see what Universal and some of the major labels were trying to do, which was to like restrict it and regulate it and be like, no, you can't do this. But yeah, yeah, yeah. then that crosses over with how are you going to monitor that? How are you going to regulate that? That's what kind of some of the blockchain and stuff yes, that's going on which like i want to get year. into after yeah yeah around being able to like basically embed and and that's what we were seeing with like nfts and stuff last yeah year, yeah this ability to smart contract stuff smart contracts yeah. and it's like is that going to play a role in how this is regulated and monitored and, yeah yeah um i know i just jumped around to a bunch of different things but that's basically no, no. where my head's been at yeah yeah the yeah. last like three days no but it's great <laughs> so. but like what what do you think like for me it's like are we going to get a new Michael Jackson album? Right. Are we going to get a new Prince record? Are we going to do, like, are we going to, I don't know. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, will where, it be too, yeah. Yeah, at what point are we, like, this is what I, I've been thinking about. It's like, at what point do we get new material from people that aren't able to create anymore? Mm -hmm. Or, 
even in Asia right now, and it has been for the past couple of years, but one of their biggest artists are, is not a real human. Right, right. It's like, what, at what point, like, what, what is the um, intersectionality of, of tech and arts, and where are we seeing that? Because even last year, with the generation of images, is, is also nuts. Yeah. And this is, like, very far out what I'm about to say here, but, like, Hit me. very far out. So don't, <laughs> please don't quote this, nah. but, like, with, like, cloning and stuff. Okay. Yeah, very far Wait, out. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> but like at what point <laughs> this is very far out. But at what point like are we going to be able to like clone individuals and like recreate their Whoa. catalog and like they're Tupac. like sure. Like at what Sorry, point <laughs> so random. So no, I, but... I saw like a song that had like an AI Tupac voice. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, yeah. I was like yeah. you start to create Sure. But for me, for me, it's like, okay, how are we getting now past the hologram? Oh, in the I sense see, that like, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, ABBA yeah. and Michael Jackson have done, their estate have done like a bunch of like ABBA hologram tours and stuff now. Right. But like, where, like, what is stopping an individual to clone Tupac? This is going to sound really far out, but. Nah, nah, that's cool. Clone Tupac, make a Tupac record with. Yeah. This AI stuff. Yeah. And tour right. with Tupac. That's a, okay. This is like yeah. very, no, very no. out. My head's but been like, here too, man. And like, I mean, the clone, <laughs> cloning stuff, yeah, I hadn't thought yeah, that far ahead. Yeah. But yeah, that's like, in terms of like immediate practicality. <laughs> yeah. like, no, not to do the what you're saying. Ah! No, I mean, like, in terms of like what's coming up, like, <laughs> what's the sound? Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Um, that's what I said to my dad the other day. Is let's say with the Drake songs, yeah, we could have a whole Drake record, plus assets, plus AI generated music videos. Yeah, yeah, like that he had no involvement in. Yeah, and it might even be better than his next release. Yeah, yeah. No it's like to Drake. At what point will we be able to ask like Chad GPT or whatever to be like, create me a two two year album rollout with the songs? With the visual, with yeah. the promotion. Well, it's not that far away. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Because it's writing its own code. Yes. Or, sorry, like you can have <laughs> Chad GPT yeah. write code for you. Yeah. And like, if you just like the integrations that are starting to happen between these language models and AI with other software, right? We're like only scratching the surface of what's like going to be capable, like what AI is going to be capable of. And I don't know, I think if we're going to jump up to really macro for a second, yeah, yeah, humans have the tendency over time, like we are replicating what we know of ourselves, right? We're replicating intelligence. We're trying to create basically ourselves. Uh, other humans, yes. Yeah. And if Technology, you yes. what even computers are, it's like we're, we're offloading things that we know of ourselves and human capabilities and we're creating what we are. You know, we're trying to recreate yeah. what we are, you know. And I don't know if that's going to stop. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know at what point. I don't know. I don't know how far that goes. We've never seen that. Sure. We've never seen it get to this point in history. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, you know, I don't know what that looks like or what that means. Yeah. I think definitely 
what's going to be a pressing conversation for everybody is the economic disruption of this and whether or not regulators are going to step in yeah. right now. You know, sure. Because um, I don't know if you can – I think I just heard it called like runaway tech in the sense of this tech that develops so much faster than we can keep up with in policy and in government, right? Mm. So that's what you saw with social media. That's what you saw like the internet. Like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, what happened with Napster back in like the 90s and early sure, 2000s. Sure. Like that is just like one – like a very, very early example of how much further tech can get ahead of yeah regulators. And eventually they can catch up. But I think we're now at a point where – it's it's disruptive technology, which it's is what disruptive it is. technology, and um, I think what we're going to face now is the economic disruption of it. In the sense where, like, if we just keep it about music for a second, like, <laughs> yeah, sorry, like, like, when I say economic disruption, the music is a consumer good has mm-hmm. already decreased in value economically. Yes. So much, right? And I think what's so fascinating about the story of the music industry Mm -hmm. over time is it wasn't really – there wasn't really an economic model the way we would – like a modern economic model as we would know it until 50s or 60s when like you started to have labels and you started to have – Reproduction. Reproduction and mechanical reproduction of CDs and – Vinyl. Vinyl. Wax. yeah, and before that, yeah. it's like you could sell sheet music, but it's like yeah. you didn't have – I couldn't make my livelihood probably the same way it would now in terms of there being a like – you can make your livelihood doing it, but like – It wasn't a, It wasn't reproduction. Yeah, an industrial and kind of capitalistic model sure. of we're taking the arts and turning it into an economic industry that is providing people the jobs and there's income flowing in and there's yeah, yeah. revenue and there's – you know people can – work a career in this industry, right? Like in terms of the way we know it as it is now. Yeah. The direction that that kind of progress takes you over time, right, is when something becomes such a mass consumer good. Like the more it's, uh, the more readily available something is, the less value it has Mm -hmm. because it's not, not rare. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's the risk we're running up to now is when we've had this exponentially, this like exponential increase in, content creation capabilities that means that the content's being created unless it like the stuff that's actually valuable to people is now such a small percentage and you have to fight so hard to get in front of people's eyes and yeah to justify people paying you money yeah yeah, yeah. for something Mm -hmm. and i know i know i'm kind of jumping around to some just like big ethereal things but just to like bring it back to this idea is like it's already hard to make money as an artist yeah, and me making music, like how much, how much money can I make doing that? You know, and are we going back to a world now where you're going to see it more hobby? It's like there's more hobby musicians, there's more hobby creatives, or are we going to have to figure out another model for money to come into the system in order to make it economically viable? Yeah. Whether that's whether that's through label models changing, or outside industries starting to step in and sponsor things. Yeah, yeah. Right? And sponsor tours and sponsor artists and sponsor music venues that are mm-hmm. like RBC and TD Bank sure, stepping yeah, yeah. in. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. like we saw on the Lolo Zoo Eye Tour, it's like 
they had um, Jägermeister as a sponsor for the tour, and that's what I, you know, and those other ways of funding the arts now yeah, yeah. that aren't through the traditional model because it's like I don't know if the traditional model of music and arts in general mm-hmm. are going to generate the capital needed in order to keep the industry going as it is. It's like it's almost not it's not self-sustaining anymore yeah, yeah, yeah. to generate enough money because we've devalued the content so far that it's not worth money anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, yeah. So with the implementation of AI and more... Uh, yeah, just the implementation of AI and new tech, do you think that there's going to be a pushback on more tech-centered creation and more value put towards organic ways of music and organic Mm. ways of performance and consumption. Are we going to see the need for more genuine and more authentic live performance Right now that there's such a disruption in the tech, like electronic computer-generated, all of that stuff, 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 stuff. Yeah, the market's being flooded with that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Are we going to see a pushback of that stuff? Or are we going towards, like, are we going to the deep end here? To the deep end. Yeah, I don't... Very very existential right now. Yeah. Yeah, I might have to cut this down a little bit. I know I went on a bit of a a No, no, it's fine. Um, I think that that if regulators step in, and what I mean by that is maybe not necessarily being like this is you can't create this type of content. Yeah. Because I think the cat's out of the bag on that. Yeah. I think it's more like for industries at large, implementing more rules and standardizations on kind of who can use those AI tools and how they can be used. Yeah. I think that's probably where things will go in the sense where I was just listening to a podcast with Tristan Harris on – uh, your undivided attention, I think it's called. He was the one that did. He was behind the documentary. I think um, the social dilemma. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Um, and you know they they obviously have a little bit more of a tech skeptical approach mm-hmm. um, than some people might like, but um, they just had a lot of really good thoughts. I would recommend people listen to it around what type of regulations could happen and make sense that are. And I, I think when you think about it in that lens of like a business needing a license to use certain software, to generate certain software. Right. Um, having more rules around, like, know your customer laws. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, validating how the tech is being used and what the intentions are, things like that. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the what you're saying about what value will it generate for other types of music consumption. And I think, creation. And creation. Um I don't know. I'm thinking out loud a bit here, and I'd be curious your thoughts, but I think there's music as a like art form has a, like different purposes in people's life. Yes. And sometimes I listen to an album because this is like my favorite album and I want to sit down and experience it, enjoy it the same way I would a nice sit-down meal mm. at a great restaurant. But sometimes I want to consume music just because I need to eat something. You know, and I'll stop at a drive through and I'm listening to music because it's just on the radio and it's more yeah, passive yeah. listening and yeah. for entertainment or playing it at events and stuff. And 
I think that might be a little bit of where the split will happen in terms mm-hmm. of I think there's a lot of I think when content starts to be generated on mass, um, it seems to be more like I think people inherently know the difference between showing up and listening to someone play a song in front of them mm. um, and want that. Yes. You know what I mean? I yeah. Think that's, I think that's it's the difference between me knowing that I'm going to watch my favorite artist play a song for me and that's a really special experience mm. versus if a song is just playing at the gym in the background. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know how else to articulate that right now, but I think that that's kind of where I'm thinking the split will happen. Yeah, yeah. In terms of the... I don't know. Like, I, I, I what you're saying about live shows, I think I agree with. It's like there's still a lot of inherent value to that type of special experience. And all, or like, you know, knowing that I'm listening to a Bonnie Vare record that he went to a cabin to record on, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. there's something about like yeah. that yes. that I want. Yes, yeah, yeah, know? yeah. I think I think s- storytelling will become more yeah. important. I think the value proposition for live will become way more important mm. because people will want to see something different every night. Right, right, right. Yeah, or different than what they see at home. Yeah, and if that feels special, yes, that that feels rare. Yeah, special. And I think people in the com- and this is a tie into the comedy scene. Um, People, I don't think people will be allowed to document as much as they've had, uh, they've ha- they have been able to, at live shows. Oh, like like recording with their phones. Recording with their shows. What they're what they have what, in the comedy scene. What they've been doing uh, for the past couple of years is uh, taking people's phones away at live shows. Oh, really? So Whoa. I think, or putting them in an envelope. That was this past weekend at the cellar in New York. Um, that's what they were doing. Oh, interesting. Okay. You, can, you can't open that, that envelope until the end of the show kind of thing. Oh, okay. So I think that there's going to be some more rules around that as well because if you're if, if the artist is proposing something valuable and very unique every night, yeah, like what they do in comedy, yeah, I think that there's going to be way more or I think that's going to be maybe an answer mm. to the live situation. Right. And I, yeah, I agree. Because I think, I mean, on the live side of things, it has to be economically sustainable too. Yes. But in order to justify people paying money for something or wanting to pay money for something, mm-hmm. it has to feel special. Yeah. And I don't think that AI music, no offense, it's not going to feel special. No, yeah. I, I don't, you know, yeah. already music that hasn't been created by AI is worth 10 bucks a month on Spotify. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, all the music in the world is worth 10 bucks a month. Yeah. You know? And it's like, it's that's wild. economically not valuable. No offense. Yeah. But it's like, you're telling artists that their song, as a consumable good, isn't worth that much money. Yeah, yeah. Right? Unless yeah. it's consumed. Their whole discography, actually, but yes. Yeah, unless it's cons- it's it's valuable, depending on how much people consume it, but yeah. as a good itself. Sure. You know? And so, but to create... An industry, or to have an industry that can generate profits for people and can keep them going, I'm yeah. I think that's a really interesting uh, way of putting it. Is like at live shows, how can you make it more um, uh, kind of rare for people? Yes, right. Unique and similar, to like going to see a theater production, like going to yeah, see yeah, a yeah. show at a theater, like yeah. a play. Um, it's not the same as watching it on YouTube. You know what I mean, it's not the same as watching the 
Hamilton on Disney Plus. Sure, you know what sure, I mean? It's sure. like yeah. there's something special about going to witness that in person, yeah. and I think we have to make live music the same. And it's not necessarily all about the art anymore, and I think that was something for me at TMU as well. It was a big thing. It was about um, experiential um, kind yeah. of... Um, like the value proposition of ex- like of the experience and not necessarily just the music or the show or something. Yeah. What does it look like when you're entering the space? What do you what does it smell like? What is the what is the music when you're entering the lobby of this certain mm. uh th- theater? What is what are what are the what's the value of being there early? What's the VIP experience like? What kind of food can you get only if you get early? If you get there early, what, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is there's so much, so much, so many notes and questions that I had in my topic in this topic here, mm. but I wanted to talk briefly about the whole thing of smart contracts and this new AI blockchain situation where people can specifically tag an individual document that is only yeah uh, virtual, right, electronic. And associate that to something that's tangible in the sense that, like, <laughs> this is a very out example, but not that out, which, which is Gary V. <laughs> hey. Uh, shout out Gary. Um, but Gary, he has V friends. You know, oh, v, yeah. the yeah. V friends. Basically, I don't know exactly NFTs, what. right? Those are. Yeah, they're NFTs. So with the smart contracts. So oh, okay. NFTs, smart contracts, blockchain. They all live in the same ecosystem now. But for those who don't know, a smart contract is something that you is is a contract that you can apply to a virtual or electronic or non tangible entity that makes it trackable. So yeah, and unique. So it makes it and a unique. A, 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 exactly. A, you can make something digital a one of one. Yes, exactly. Right. Exactly. In the sense that he is offering to a limited amount of people called V friends. Now a a sort of membership type of situation right. that you can transfer to somebody else, aka it has currency. And what he's doing is that with smart contracts and NFTs and block in the blockchain technology, he's basically associating value and well, he's associating value value to these people that have these things in hand. Yeah. AKA you can go to events with right, right. with if you're a V friend you can go you can access these things if you're a V friend but the, if you're a V friend if you own this design or this 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 card basically that he created right. this this picture yeah which is nuts yeah that that stuff to me is where I think there's a lot of really really interesting potential with how that affects I mean Every industry, but yeah. particularly the creative industries, because um, I think it's an example of where you could start to have some uh, innovation yeah. in terms of how to have a new model, a, yeah. a, new indus- a new industry model and a new economic totally. model. You know, NFTs, obviously, like, you know, I think last year it's, it got a little bit um, like kind of corny, like people kind of lost interest. And I think yeah. with the drop of like crypto and everything, it just sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah. scared people away from touching that at all. Yeah. But blockchain has been a thing for a long time outside of that world. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like totally. blockchain tech and um, like you were saying, smart contracts. I don't see a world where that doesn't come into play really, really fast. Yeah, yeah. Because I think now, especially with all the AI stuff going on, mm-hmm. 
like I think that the major labels and the DSPs like they all have to like live in that world. Yeah, it's like you have to upgrade your technical abilities and capabilities or else you're going to have Napster 2.0 where the whole music industry is just undercut. What's yeah. left of it? <laughs> sure, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just going to get undercut and maybe it's too I don't know, maybe it's too late, maybe it's maybe I'm talking too soon, but I think that um we also as younger people have a responsibility to innovate and the opportunity to innovate yeah. in these industries where um, it's it's up for grabs. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm being honest, like the, a lot of these creative sectors, it's up for grabs on how things are being done. And we've been testing so many different things over the last few years of like using Instagram as a primary business tool, using TikTok and TikTok alg- algorithms. Like everybody's been testing different ways of like getting content out there and getting content popular and yeah. becoming sustainable as an artist, like, um, and popular as an artist and making money from what you're doing. And, it, you know, we're testing so many different things. Um, but I think you're right that we're at a crossroads where I think we have to up the ante a bit and up the efforts to find a model that's going to work going forward, probably while finding the right balance of regulating the tech that is coming into play. Um, not to say, and a regulation, I don't mean preventing and like mm-hmm. anti-tech. I'm not yeah. anti-tech. Yeah. But um, I think we're kidding ourselves if we're saying that we can't do a lot of damage. Like the human pattern is to make a mistake and then learn from the mistake. Yeah. Right? I think we're hitting a point now. And that's just, that's the way humans learn from when we're babies. That's the way, like, was I pushed something over and I broke and it, like, oh, now I know what it means to push something too hard. Yeah. Or it's like, that fireplace is hot. Don't touch it. The kid's going to go over and touch it and burn himself. And, oh, that's what it means when something's hot. I'm not going to touch that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I think we're hitting a point, though, now where tech, like, when they say runaway tech, it's like, we could create stuff now that might be too hard to come back from. Yeah. You know and we got to watch it. And we got to watch it. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I don't. And again, I don't want it to sound like super pessimistic or too skeptical because no, there's no, a no. lot of amazing, amazing capabilities outside of like the creative world in terms of what they can do, like the medical fields, medical like, field, yeah, like pharmaceuticals and like cancer research. Like, there's crazy stuff that can be done, and like that is so helpful. Yeah. So you don't want to just come in and be like, "Oh, all tech is bad." No, because um, it's not that. But but we gotta we gotta look out for the human creation. Yeah. The artist. And the genuineness and the uniqueness and the value proposition yeah. of uh, a craft, a craft, and, it's and like a human photography, which is wild to think about. Because I think if you take that away yeah. from people and devalue it too much, it's like yeah. that humans get meaning yeah. through doing something that they find meaningful. Yeah. And I get my life meaning through being productive, through showing up and having a responsibility, through. Uh, bringing something unique to the table. And, and that's why I think people dedicate themselves to a craft or to an industry or to a job. Yeah, yeah. And so I think when you undercut that and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, hey, that craft that you've been working on your whole life and that you're passionate about, no one cares. It's like, well, yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Like, and it's not just economically tough, it's psychologically tough. There's going to be social, psychological implications of it. And I think we also have to be careful in terms of just not wiping out jobs so fast. Like that's going to be a reality in the next few years too. Is like, yeah, um, I don't know, like driving jobs. 
Sure. And the truck driving jobs. Yeah. It's like, there's going to have to be some rules in place about how that's rolled out or else you're just going to wipe out a ton of people's jobs. And it's like, yeah. already when people are having a hard enough time buying a house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Like, yeah, yeah. Are yeah, people already yeah. struggling to like make it with gas prices, grocery prices, housing prices? Yeah. And then be like, okay, yeah, we're also going to just like take away a bunch of people's jobs. Yeah. So that's where it's like, yeah, a certain amount of responsibility and people who work in tech have to take that responsibility seriously. Mm-hmm. And um, and people who are Im- impacted by it have to keep talking about it, speaking up, and yeah. and coming up with solutions. And while on the one side embracing it to a degree in terms of embracing progress and embracing what new tools can offer, mm-hmm. new, new tools, sorry, can offer, while also... Like, I think we have a tendency to just, like, jump on the bandwagon of whatever is cool and whatever, you know. Yeah, what's and new. And go until yeah. something bad happens, and then mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, invest in crypto. Like, crypto's so sick. NFTs are so sick, except for when it crashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. People lose a bunch of money. And, yeah. Or it's weird, and it's just like, and then people get out of it, and it's like, I don't know. That's maybe not a great example, but. I'm. This is getting me like very existential. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's like it's like very wild to think about. Yeah. Um, but I think we gotta sort of leave it at that for yeah. now. I hope, which is, I hope we can cut this into a way that is like listenable because I know we jumped around a lot. No, but it's fine. But it's just to say that there's a lot of stuff going on in the music industry, and please. Um, go inform yourselves. I think that's like the, yeah. th- the whole thing because yeah. even I'm I'm not very up to date on it. Um, Me neither. I'm like yeah, like we're, we're, literally the last two days. I've yes, like exactly. Yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah, so it's like it's like just go, go learn more about it. I think the the the, the industry and the environment and the landscape of the music industry, but not and not only the music industry is going to change tremendously in the next. Couple weeks. It's it was changing. It's <laughs> yeah. changing now. Yeah, um, yeah. It's changing. It's, it's always changing, and it is changing. Yes, it's yeah. changing, and it is changing. And the th- the, even the stuff that we learned in school, a lot of the stuff, um, is not applicable anymore. And honestly, they told us that. Yeah, they were yeah, very yeah. straight up. Yeah, and um, just go learn more about it, and uh, it'll help you out in the in the ver- in the long term and in the short term because, like you said, it's changing now. Yeah. Um, It'd be great to get someone on the podcast that kind of works in that space. Yes. That could be really interesting. Yeah, I would love to do that. Um, but anyway, thank you so much. Yeah. That's basically all the time that we we need, we have. Okay. Um, okay. I was going to say, uh, aside. Next time. About the New York story. Yeah, next time. Okay. Um, I'll talk about it later. Okay. Um, but thank you for coming. Of course, man. Yeah. Um, we've got to get going. But... Um, Always that was interesting. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I think it was good. Um, thank you for always coming on of and man. being supportive. Um, I know this is sort of part of the fourth quarter of uh, of eights, um, but it's always good to chat and talk talk yeah. about talk about the business as well. And um, I hope the listeners loved it as well. We're always talking about new stuff, trying to always bring new topics to the podcast as well. Um, so if you have any comments, uh, ideas for what to talk about next. Uh, I'd love to, to people to, to have on people have on yeah. we'd love to hear about it um, please continue interacting on platforms it's platforms are doing well right now which is awesome yeah I've been seeing the map on on the analytics that I'm receiving people all, all over the world are listening really 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, I'll, ch- I'll, 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 I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll show you. That. So shout out to everybody um, that's listening all over the world. It's been really great to just see that and chat and and and. Um, I hope you love this episode. I was going to say, I think I want to give a shout out to you too. I've been really inspired by the work you've been putting in. Hey. And it's just, it, you're doing a really cool thing, man. And I think people know it. And uh, so thanks for hey doing something cool. Thank you very much, mm-hmm. man. Um, appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate you too. We will talk next week. Uh, please, everybody, stay safe. And. Um, ah!